I first mentioned that we're having a housing shortage and it's about to get worse in mid 2021. 18 months later, today it's all over the news. You're finding a rental crisis getting worse and rents are going up by more than 10%. Equally, we're finding that there's not enough houses for the population we have. So in this video, I'm gonna share with you five graphs that are gonna tell you the story of how we even landed here and what's about to happen next. If you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now this is a very exciting time because we're about to go through massive expansion at Search Property. We've just closed off our biggest month ever in terms of new clients coming on board and deals that we've completed. So we are wanting to go and spread the message out to more people that really need it, much like yourself. And so if you have any experience in real estate, working in real estate industry, or you've gone out there and built your own portfolio with more than four to five properties, definitely email me with your CV so we can fill in the multiple positions we're looking at filling over the next week or so. So if you're interested, my email will be in the pinned comments down below. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You know about me, let me know about you. Now, as always, stay till the end because I'm going to summarize everything I'm going to talk about in this video so you can actually go in, take that information for your actionable steps next. So the first graph I have here is the rental vacancy rates. What you'll see is in the red, you'll have capital cities. In the blue teal color, you've got the regional areas. And what you'll find is that they're pretty much moving at the same pace from 2019 and they were pretty much sitting between 2.8% and 3.5%. Now for reference, 3% is a pretty good balanced market. That's where you can go out there. You've got options as a renter, but as a landlord, you've also got to compete with others, but you also have choice with the right tenants. So if you're in a good area, high demand property, you'll be fine. But what we've seen after that is in 2020, we see a spike in both numbers. Why? Because we had a lot of people go into their shelters. So they go, well, instead of renting an apartment wherever, I'm going to go and move in with family. I don't know what my jobs are going to look like. A lot of people lost their jobs. So they found that it was better to go and reduce their expenses, move in with family. And in other cases, we had a lot of Airbnb rentals come back onto the market because suddenly we didn't have people touring Australia. They weren't coming here to actually have a holiday. So instead, Airbnb owners were then changing from an Airbnb model to a long-term tenancy model. And that's pretty much the same time that I actually moved out with my partner. So we moved out in April, 2020. And the property that we actually got was a two bedroom apartment and it was fully furnished because it was an Airbnb property. They told us, look, stay for nine months. And we thought, this is fantastic. We don't need to go shopping for furniture. We'll move in here. And they were expecting Airbnbs to recover in nine months. Obviously that didn't happen. So we got to stay a little longer. But what's interesting is what's happened after that. And what we've seen is sharp decline in both regional areas as well as capital cities. And now we're sitting at an average for regional cities at 1.4%. And we've also seen capital cities down to 1.6%. It's actually crazy to see how dramatically the vacancy rates have changed. Because I can tell you now, if you've been investing only for the last couple of years, you'd be like, oh, this is the norm. No, trust me, it's not. The economy is meant to be boring. Inflation is not meant to be out of control. And you don't have vacancy rates as well as a bunch of other property metrics going up and down so quickly. This is meant to be super boring. But for a nerd like me to see so much action, oh man, I froth over this stuff. The next graph I have here is overseas migration. Annual percent of estimated resident population. Now in the red color, we have arrivals. We have in the teal color departures. And then the purple color is the net. So arrivals minus departures, what are we left with? So the most important line to look at is the net number, which is basically the purple line. Now this graph goes out from like 1990. And if you see what's happened since then, we're averaging anywhere between zero and 1% when we're seeing the net overseas migration. We did see that spike up around 2008, 2009. Maybe it had something to do with the global downturn. And I'm about to touch on what that means in a little bit. But what we saw, it averaged out to be about 1%. And then what we saw in 2020 was a sharp drop off because we didn't have anyone coming here. But now we're seeing the sharp rebound. I think this number is going to go closer to 
about 1.5 to 2% because the government really wants to push for overseas migration to come in. We have labor shortages across many industries. And we also know as a government, in order for us to have a soft landing, something that the economies around the world are trying to achieve is by increasing those interest rates so quickly, we don't want to fall into a recession. So what's the best way to avoid that? Well, you have a bunch of other people come into the country. You start stimulating the economy by having more people work, more productivity, and the businesses grow. And then you've also got more taxpayers as well as people that need to live here, which means more goods and services. The GDP grows. And that is how we can avoid this technical recession. So if we saw a significant increase in the net overseas migration in 2008, 2009, around the GFC time, we're seeing a big spike now. And it's in the same year that the US think that they're going to go into a recession. I don't think this is by chance. What we have here that's unique to Australia that most people don't really talk about is the fact that we have a beautiful country. People really want to come from overseas and live here. So all they have to do is turn on the taps, just like they do with the market. They'll turn on the liquidity taps by reducing mortgage rates. In this case, they'll loosen up the policies for visa applications. They'll increase how many people they want into the country. And this means there's more demand and is a big contributor to why the Australian property market is so resilient over time and time again. Yes, I know people are going to argue that this time is different, but to be honest, is it really different? Next up here, we have the annual dwellings completion. In the red, we have the total. In the teal, we have the houses. And in the purple, we have units. This is just referring to how many dwellings are being completed. So how much more housing is becoming available every year? What you see is the total number was fairly flat up until about 2015, 2016. People went out there, started buying up property. From about 2014 to 2016, you have a big spike in how many dwellings were being completed. This was just before APRA kicks in with harsher lending conditions. And I suspect that's why a lot of people were building properties at the time, because it was so easy to actually get a construction loan, get interest only loans. It was very easy. Once that slowed down, we started seeing the slowdown in the completions of homes. Now we did see a slight uptick in the teal color, which is the houses. And that was the home builder package that was then introduced as a scheme to then have more people build homes. But what we're seeing now is a downturn in annual dwelling completions. Main reason is that people don't have the ability to go and borrow for a construction loan. They also don't have the confidence to go out there and say, well, yes, I'm going to commit to a house and land package today, but I have no idea what the interest rates will be in 12 months. In fact, I don't even know if I've got a job in 12 months, which is one of those risks that you need to factor in when you go out there and get sold on this idea, buy an off the plan apartment or buy a house and land package. And then you get to get all the rewards by being in the market without actually having a mortgage. Do you know how scary it is? The amount of people I've spoken to that have lost money in those sort of things. So please be aware, know what your risks are. If you need help, just email me. I'll point you in the right direction. Now, the next graph I'm about to show you will really make you question what you read in the articles or sometimes when you see hate comments on other people's channels or wherever on TikTok, how people are arguing that investors ruined this entire thing. They are the ones who are to blame for the rental crisis. This graph here is going to show you a different story. This is the investor share of all sales. So for every 10 houses, two of them are sold by an investor. We're seeing a massive uptrend from 2020 all the way to today. And now we're edging closer to about 30%. That means for every 10 homes that are sold, three of them are investors. Now, why this is important is because every home that an investor sells, they're actually reducing the amount of supply there is for a rental dwelling. And this is a big reason as to why this rental crisis is getting worse. You have a lot of these investors, they may have multiple properties, but now given the interest rates have increased and they may not have factored in the increase in interest rates in their own cash flow positions, they are now starting to offload one or two properties at a time. And what that could mean is that that's being bought up by an owner occupier. Now, some, yes, will be bought by other investors, but for every investor that goes and sells, that's one less property that's available for rent. And that's contributing to this rental crisis. In addition to that, the investor loans are actually priced higher. They've got higher interest rates than owner occupiers because the government's trying to promote owner occupiers to buy. But what you might find is a flip where they're going to 
start pushing for investors to have lower home loan rates because they want more people to go and provide housing. It's gonna be an upside down world. Don't blame me. I'm just going out there looking at the facts of what's happened before and how they can loosen liquidity so that more people can actually borrow. The final graph I have here is new first home buyer loans, monthly count seasonally adjusted. And what you'll see is a big spike in 2008, 2009, and then you see a big spike in 2021 to 2022. What we're seeing now is a sharp drop off back to the mean, which is basically the average of what we've seen so far. And why this is important is because we always get told by mainstream media that interest rates are going up, the evil investors can leave, now the first home buyers can go buy, but that's not what this graph says. What this is suggesting to me is that because interest rates are going up, the majority of first home buyers are usually younger and they're not at their peak earning age, which means as these interest rates have gone up, their borrowing capacity has been smashed. So even though property prices have come down in Sydney and Melbourne, they can't even buy. They're actually further away from actually being able to purchase now than they were when interest rates were lower and property prices were pumping. So it's just important to know is that when we read a particular headline or someone comes and tells you, oh, this is great because now first home buyers can buy. No, it's a load of shit. They're basing it on nothing. When you look at hard facts, data-driven results is what you want. And what this is all suggesting to me is that unless we see a massive pivot, this isn't changing anytime soon. And to be honest, I think the rental crisis is gonna get a lot worse. If you're interested in my thoughts about what happens with property prices as well as rental prices, definitely go watch this video. It's very important. I share a lot of data as well as to what my thesis is around this. If you guys have enjoyed this video, smash that like button, share it with someone that's also in a similar boat to you. So thank you so much for watching. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.